What's good, y'all? It's your boy Yada. It's your boy Sam. You tuning in to another episode of the Envelope Pushers podcast. Sir. Want some of the Envelope Pusher is? Yep, I got you. Pushing the envelope means testing limits and trying out new, often radical ideas. That's what we do every week, man. We on week 11, episode 11, man. Yo. Should be a good one. <laughs> For sure. And as y'all can see, we got a special guest on the show today. And we got Brother Jamil. Mm-hmm. You want to tell him what you about? Sir, I appreciate you all having me tonight. My name is Jamil Muhammad from the Krishna Fist podcast. Definitely go give that a, a follow and check out the content. We cover physical, mental, and environmental health, everything wellness, everything to improve the human body. Yes, sir. Definitely yes, tap sir. in, man. Tap in. Our people need that mental health, all that overall wellness, all that. So tap into that right there. For sure. Hey, he be posting a lot of workout videos too. So if like y'all confused like what to do in the gym or y'all want like some plans, like you know, hit up yeah. hit up our brother Jamil. You right. Hey, and I'm a back him. I see hey, I seen them biceps before uh. that kid got thrown on. <laughs> so I'm a back him up right there. Y'all go, y'all go tap in and tune into that one. One hundred. <laughs> y'all know what's our topic for today, man. man. It's gonna All be right. a crazy one. Right, it's it's gonna be you no, know, it's it's gonna be good. You a good me? one, you know? yeah. Let me rephrase. I, I, I wanna see a lot of interactions in the comments, you know. Yeah, we, we that, need to but... know we need to build. This is a topic that everybody been talking about. So, you know, we need to build and we need to talk about this. No, no hate, no shade, no none of that gonna be thrown. You know, this is time to build and talk about it, work out our differences so we can move forward. So get give them the topic, man. So the first topic, you know, we're gonna talk about masculinity, right? Oof. And not only that, but I'm sure y'all have heard a lot about like, you know, this this toxic masculinity, right? Well, what, what are your opinions on that? What are some things you've heard about this toxic masculinity? No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say something. Go ahead. I want to hear what our guest got to say. I think toxic masculinity is, um, I think the term itself has its limits. Like um, when we, when we challenge certain things, I think in our society, um, we go from one extreme to the other. So Mm -hmm. we were introduced to this term toxic masculinity and how it could be harmful. But now you have so many individuals that don't want to be masculine at all for the fear of being toxic. Um, but I think masculinity in general, we are, we know is, is necessary to yeah, move yeah. things forward to challenge ideas. So. Can y'all know what you got on it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I say too. Like I also say this when people say toxic masculinity, I think like, cause masculinity to me can't be toxic. Right. And if somebody's acting out of the realm of masculinity, then it's not masculinity. masculinity. It's, 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 it's just being toxic, right? We got to separate mm-hmm. the two because mm. like uh, Brother Jamil said, it gets to the point where a lot of men get like afraid to be masculine, right? Or maybe they think that, I don't know, like, like if they act within their nature, right? They're going to get called out or they're going to get canceled or you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot of men like backing off now. And there's also a lot of problems going on in the community. Like, I mean, one of the things a lot of the sisters talking about is like, you know, we need that protection and just straight up like masculine roles, you know what I'm saying? But now we got a lot of men who don't want to play those roles because they've been called toxic. So no situations come, you know, stuff's happening, but you called them toxic when you tried to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. that's what I'd say. And then it just spirals out of control. Yeah. <clears throat> and I would say uh, toxic masculinity. I feel like I only hear it in our community, uh, black community, which sometimes throws me off because it's, since way back when, when we first got here, you know, the whole thing is to tear down the black man's image. So, you know, I only hear toxic masculinity used by our people 
uh, within our confines. And sometimes I feel like that gives us a negative energy. We already have a, um, you know, uh, the, the stereotypes that's placed on black men as we're aggressive um, it, and we're angry, we're mean. So I think that kind of feeds into it. And, you know, sometimes the toxic masculinity definition gets thrown around and gets confused with masculinity um, and what people are looking for and also what comes with masculinity because sometimes it hasn't been shown throughout our history what masculinity looks like. So a lot of us as young black males, I'm not gonna say a lot of us, but some of us grow up without a father in the house to see what masculinity is. Um, we're only privy to femininity um, and then masculinity that we've seen in media. And oftentimes the, mas the masculinity that we see in media is oftentimes um, portrayed and exaggerated um, to the point where it's, it's almost, um, it takes advantage of other people in, within our community and hurts a lot of people within our community because how it's portrayed. And we know who controls a lot of those visuals um, of our people. But um, other than that, uh, I agree with both of y'all definitions and how y'all separate it. Uh, I like that we separated the toxic from the masculinity and how if you're being a masculine person, um, that's not necessarily you being toxic. And if you are you know, toxic masculinity, if somebody's labeling you that, then you're just out of the confines of that. You're just a toxic person. You're not, you're a no good person. So I like that we had separated that too, because that made me think a little different as well. Most definitely. It made me think about it differently. I like how you yeah. separated the two. Like, if it's not, if it is toxic, then it's not masculinity. Like, mm -hmm. keeping that in a certain, you know, because you have morals, you have ways that you carry yourself. And those ways, as men, typically, are masculine, you know? So the toxic component comes from, I guess, when people take it too far. But mm. in, uh, I guess what you're saying is the way we define masculine, or the way you define masculinity is not in a toxic manner. Mm. Right. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, I don't know. Cause like, even if somebody like this toxic masculinity, maybe somebody's trying to take advantage of somebody or all that, that's, that's just called being manipulative. Right. Because, mm -hmm. when we name, you know, what are masculine traits? We're not going to say all these evil, bad things. Cause those aren't masculine traits. Those are, those are like outside of the realm of masculinity. You feel me? So I feel like that's where a lot of people got it twisted. And even just the way we define things, it kind of messes us up because now it gets to the point where people hear toxic masculinity and if they don't think about it in that way, they start attacking everybody who takes pride in being masculine. And when we take pride in being masculine, we are 100% for the sisters, right? We want to protect the woman. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We want to provide. We want to be, you know, outstanding in the community, set a good example for the younger generations. Thanks. And we, we take pride in that. And now there's people that don't like that. Like, what's wrong with being masculine? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's crazy. And I think it's, I think it's became one of those, you know, uh, trend words, one of those quick strike words that people can kind of throw out to dismiss people, um, you know, toxic masculinity or um, uh, what other ones that they, misogynistic, uh, misandry, like all these little trend words or little coined words of the internet always are getting thrown out and they're getting misplaced, um, which we've seen the internet do a whole bunch of times when it comes to our people in general. Um, these words that get thrown out regardless of uh, you know, who, who's uh, performing a different acts or who's doing certain, uh, who has a certain mentality. These words will be thrown at them regardless of anything. We've seen a lot of our leaders get teared down using words like toxic masculinity or they're misogynistic when they're not 
you know, it, it's it's so loose on how we define it. And, you know, just like kids playing with, with building blocks, you know, some of them squares can fit in in some of the circles and some of the triangles can fit right. in some of the squares. And so when, when that happens, you know, um, a lot of, you know, black men get thrown into that too. And, you know, I'm not going to do the whole back and forth. Oh, it's, it's not all men or things like that. Cause you know, I don't want to take away nobody's point or try to get in that back and forth. Cause I know what comes with that as well. But you know, us as black men, we've always kind of been that whatever shape you want to be, but then, you know, you get pushed into that other shape on, you know, trying to make you something different, what you're not. And that's kind of what I spoke on a little bit ago on that, that definition of to toxic masculinity and then black men with the whole trope of being aggressive and angry, being a thug. And, you know, so in, in that word just arising, we should be able to recognize and be able to combat words like that, especially once we start understanding the history. You know, I think damn near every movie with a, a black man in it, we portray it as a thug. So and then we look at our entertainment industry, you know, they holding up the guns. They got the women, you know, throwing women to the wayside, whatnot, you know, not really protecting the community. And we talked about gangs before and how they originated, and how they came up and protecting the community. The Black Panthers taking charge. They protecting the community and things like that. And so, you know, the images all have always been messed around with and screwed around with. So for these words to come about and be new trends, and this is a... I, I believe this is a topic that people are talking about every day. I go on Twitter, Instagram, um, and, and TikTok, and I'm either hearing toxic masculinity, misogynistic, um, or, you know, it's the whole black woman versus black man battle. And I'm tired. I'm tired of, like, seeing it. You know, some things need to be talked about, but it's like the system is still working itself against us. You know, they've been doing, you know, been trying to break up the black family. So when I hear words like this, I kind of push them to the wayside to where I can actually define and, and separate actual actions that that man has committed or what he's doing. Most definitely. I, I think I just want to contribute one more, one more point. Um, mm -hmm. One thing when it comes to that, that dynamic, you're talking about black men and black women. Yeah. One yeah. thing we need in the conversation is genuine listening and critical thinking because mm -hmm. what I'm hearing is like you said before, like those buzzwords, misogynistic yeah, yeah. or the word patriarchy or misandry. Those words are designed to trigger an emotional response out of people. So it kind of like shuts you down. Like, all right, maybe I shouldn't proceed with what I'm doing. But if you actually understand where a person is coming from, when they separate the two toxic and masculinity, like they're not, you can't, you can't associate toxicity with true masculinity mm -hmm. in the way. But when typically in most conversations that happen these days, it seems like everybody is so reactionary yeah, rather yeah. than trying to figure out what, what are you saying or what are you trying to say? They don't, they only want to let you like kind of further explain your point. Mm -hmm. They want to shut it down with those buzzwords. Like, nah, man, that's, that's misogynistic. Like if you just say the word woman, like must misogynistic, or if you say the word black or you can't say black people, they say, Oh, that's racist. It's not racist automatically. Understand yeah. what you're saying, you yeah. know? Um, so that's what it is. I think, I think it's too, too reactionary instead of having a critical listening ear. Yeah, for sure. Especially when it comes to these conversations. Cause like nobody, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm not gonna say nobody cause I don't mind criticism. Right. I think it makes me better. You know what I'm saying? Now, now there's a difference between like uh, slander and criticism. Like we get that, you know, sometimes delivery is important. 
But if somebody just criticized and said, hey, maybe you can work on this, right? And this is a common thing when it comes to conversations between black men and black women. Like, I've, I've been in conversations where it's like me and then like five other black women, you know what I'm saying? And all I'm saying is I, I think black women should work on this. Or I think when it comes to the black family, I think black women should step up and do this. And it's a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to men, we ain't shit. We ain't around. We don't do this. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do better, right? You know what I'm saying? But if I say maybe black women should be able to take criticism, it's an issue. It's like, oh, why aren't you? You know what I mean? It's, it's always like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, man, like we can never really sit down and have these conversations. And that's one really important thing is just being able to take criticism, being able to listen and just reflect. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's important for every conversation, but especially when it comes to these ones. And, and here's another point too, like, like with misandry, because we even spoke, I and mean, Sam spoke about, you know, a lot of times maybe we grow up like, you know, without a father or not a lot of positive male figures or something like that. You know what I'm saying? We might be raised by a single mother. So if the child does display these behaviors, why aren't we calling that toxic femininity? We, we never turn it around mm -hmm. like that because we understand, you know, it's not, <laughs> you feel me? But nobody ever makes that a uh, conversation, you know? So right. I feel like that was interesting. Yeah, and a lot of times when these conversations come up, uh, you know, when it's between, you know, black men and black women, I see it as a, a tit for tat game, essentially. Um, and, you know, if, if one thing is an issue over here, it's another issue over there. And, you know, sometimes, you know, hearing that tit for tat and go, you know, go, go way off scale and, and it ends up being disrespect or slander. But it's the same disrespect and slander that, you know, a, another person created. Um, essentially, and you know, some things that we experienced and witnessed within our households and within our communities. Um, so, you know, when we say things, you know, like people taking accountability for things that they, you know, added to the community and then things, you know, and, and the other side as well, taking accountability for things that they added to the community. I just see it as a, a tit for tat game instead of self-improvement, you know, uh, working on self because a lot of people can point the finger and you know they got that old saying you know when you point one finger uh, four other fingers is pointing right back at you so it's, it's it's been that almost i feel like and like it's getting old now you know each side you know we got our own issues you know one side feels like they doing more on this end and the other side feeling they doing more on that end but essentially you know nothing's still getting done you know at the end of the day that's how i feel you know, we can go back and forth. And this is how I felt about, you know, the woke or conscious community, like the whole time, like literally the main thing that we do is sit here and debate. We debate each other. Like we have debates, we, we have conversations, we talk, but none of the work is getting done. And that's, that's why I'm feeling like it's starting to lose its steam. Like, of course, you know, uh, it's the, the topic in our community because uh, like we said, you know, it causes emotion. You can just say masculinity. You don't even have to say toxic. You just say, I'm a masculine man. Boom. You know, it, it's at you now. The folks is at your head. Cause what are you talking about? You know, um, and people is tearing down your name and, and going at your character. That's all you got to say. And they at your neck. Um, but, but that's essentially what it, what it's turned to. And it's like, when do we, um, move forward what are the are the ways that we can move forward and I think that's great that we you know got three males where we can talk about it um, and hopefully we'll have three three females three women three black women that can sure. talk about it as well so we can actually start that conversation and move forward because you know either black men ain't shit and they don't they're not doing what they need to do in life and you know they 
you know, they're weak. They're no longer leaders anymore. But is this an actual, you know, and, and people, I'm not going to discredit anybody's experience, but is this an experience that you had or you listen to other people? Um, are you listening to their stories that they're telling that you see in media or you see in shows? You know, you watch the Tyler Perry movie. Each one of them women have gone through trials and tribulations. And then at the end of the movie, they with some, you know, they with some dude that they found, you know, they found God. But at the beginning, you know, you people like the Tyler Perry movies and he's been able to make a billion because he's been able to tap into um, to the, the women different demographic and you know, what they like to hear. And not like I said, I'm not going to take away from anybody's experience because I know women do experience that um, in situations like that. But is that everyone's experience do we not have anybody to talk good about black men and i know there are because we had a sister on here ashley and she has her podcast um where she talks about mental health as well she came on here and she said she's had you know great experiences and she has some bad experiences too but you know she didn't share all the stories that other women had shared so do we do that as well and then same thing on you know black man uh, black men side you know are we stepping up and you know wipe the whiteboard clean, not saying we have to do that or, you know, we have to dismiss someone taking accountability, but do we wipe the whiteboard a little bit cleaner and say, okay, well, this is what I added, or okay, we praise these type of people that perpetrate our community in a negative light, because we talked about the entertainment industry and how the entertainment industry is ran by, you know, majority white men. And what gets the money in, the shooting, the killing, and this is what we hype up. That's just a form of uh, uh, entertainment. So, you know, everybody don't agree with that. But still, these people are coming into our community, perpetrating. Nonetheless, they're making it out for their family and they're making money. It's providing food and providing money for other Black people. But still, we have to look at things like that and other attributes as well. So I say we need to look at both sides instead of keep pointing the finger now. And so that's, that's really all I got to say on that part, on that end. No, for sure. And one thing I want to get out of that too, right? So Don Mitch Lewis Farrakhan, right? He says self-improvement is a basis to community development, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like that's kind of like what we talked about, right? Once we, once we look at ourselves and be like, you know, maybe there's, maybe let's make sure I'm doing the right things or maybe if I improve myself, it's going to improve my community because they see I'm doing good. If they, you know, if I'm leading by example, if I'm doing the right things, maybe other people start doing the right thing. You mm -hmm. feel me? So. I feel like that's that's definitely a good piece right there. Thanks. That, that that goes in a little bit more into that that masculinity and those traits of masculinity that that self improvement and that, you know that's for everybody, but specifically for masculinity, that's what I'm gonna focus on because that's that's what we're talking about today. That's one of those traits, you know, that self improvement, looking in the self reflection, um, being the best that you can possibly be, and then having others and building a community that have the same mindset and thoughts like as you. So that's why we have, you know, three, three black men on this, on this podcast today, because these are people, these are people who are like-minded and wanting to see our people achieve and be great. And so these are the people who need to be the people speaking and in the front line. Um, so we can get out of all the scrabble and all the, the garbage in the back that we hear and then that we see on social media, <laughs> essentially. 100. Anything you want to add to that, uh, Jamil? Y'all spitting, man. I, I'm just listening to y'all at this point, man. I, I agree with I agree with everything you're saying, especially um with respect to Minister Louis Farrakhan, because looking at him as a man objectively, you're not coming to him talking about no masculinity mess. Yeah. And to be honest, the way he carries himself, um, it's like a good balance between the two. And I think as men, that's 
what we need you have to know when to use feminine energy like being soft or soft-spoken mm-hmm. and you got to know when to you know turn it up turn it up a little bit to get things done so man, he, he's one of the best examples we have as, yeah. as men and how to be masculine and not you know take our take the things too far yeah, and we and we gonna definitely keep pushing that one y'all tap in i don't care what religion what background tap in to the to, to the minister man that's tap in as somebody that we can all be an example of like that's an example for all of us that we all need to look up to that's one of our last standing you know prominent leaders over generations so this is why we need to take notes go back watch the videos but we're gonna keep pushing that regardless of, of your background or your religion um especially us as you know black people but black men make sure that's somebody that you look at as well and follow his actions and see how he presents himself um and look how the nation presents themselves as well so uh definitely tap in and, and keep doing your research for sure for sure definitely definitely watch some farrakhan lectures you feel me they all over youtube or you know a lot, a lot of the brothers out here too like brother ben x reza islam you know the the nation everywhere you feel me yeah. tap in and i was gonna say that could lead into our next topic about somebody that has grown an immense following uh, over the past yeah. couple months uh who is kind of i mean Definitely not on the same level. So let me, but it's just, you know, has gained a large following over the, the past couple, few months, the last couple years, um, sort of say. Um, if you want to introduce that topic, Kenyatta, we can go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I know y'all have seen a lot of Kevin Samuels out there, right? You know, yes. All over Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Have, have y'all seen this stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I first seen him on um, the Joe Budden podcast. I watched the Joe Budden podcast. You know, those guys. You know, they make jokes and get called misogynistic every every other week on that podcast. And so <laughs> when they had uh, Kevin Samuels on there, I was like, well, it's, it's only right. And so when I clicked on it, I didn't know who exactly all his work. I've seen his clips on like TikTok and stuff, um, but I never like watched one of his videos. So sitting there, I was watching um, Joe Budden podcast. He had him on as a as a guest and just listen to what, it's, what, he, what he was saying. You know, it was. Some of it was like laughing, but then it was like, okay, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Um, he tells a lot of jokes in there, but still kind of gets a message. And then some of the time, sometimes the message is, you know, over the top, but you know, what other way to get people's attention in this day and age? You, you gotta be kind of over the top and you kind of gotta be harsh and um, to push the message. I do, I do like that, you know, he is one of those people who's, throughout all the stuff that he was talking about, what I got from it was him trying to bring together the, you know, the black man and the black woman at the end of the day, throughout all the stuff he was saying, it was still, um, he was trying to bring the black family together. So that's one thing I can appreciate. Um, I know one side currently is getting more heat than the other. Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially how I got into him. And then I start kind of watching a couple more of his videos as well. Yeah, J- Jamil, what was your introduction to him, or have you seen any of his uh, videos? Yeah, I've, I've seen quite a few um, of his videos, which I think are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I think initially, like, if you first start listening to him, you'll think he's um, probably rude or, you know, like an a-hole or whatever. But um, I think, and this is my crazy thought, man, I think – having him as a figure to be critical on that level is necessary to a degree. Um, yeah. When it comes to like, you know, treating people like he, 
he uh you know he he insult people every once in a while but like for the <laughs> most part he um he takes your lifestyle the way you live your life the way you think and line it up with your goals and this is like this is not lining up mm-hmm. and people don't want to hear that because they they like the fantasy they like thinking i'm gonna manifest blah 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 it doesn't matter what the goal is and it's good to have that but you got to be you got to have actions in in your life lined up to those those sort of things so when they talk about wanting a high value man and they try to qualify themselves as, as wanting that that sort of thing he's oh, can we can we go into what a uh, i didn't mean to cut you off can we go into what a high value man is um yeah. for some of them he gives us a few definitions but um could, could you give that to us if, if you feel like at least giving us a tad bit of what he thinks a high value man is what he thinks a high value man is is, is typically someone that's making over six figures, mm-hmm. somebody that other people consider high value, um, someone that can be used by society. Like you're a useful individual. Like mm-hmm. um, you're not just living for yourself. Um, those are some of the criteria. And it typically, a brother that's everybody wants. Yeah. To, to keep it simple. Essentially. Okay. Cool. Thank you. That's all. That's all. Just so. Um, and some of the listeners or, you know, some of the people who tune into our podcast never had seen his uh, content, just so they know. But Kenyatta, what, what about yeah. yourself? Yeah, I've definitely seen him. And I'm, I'm trying to think of my introduction to him. Like, I think so. Somebody I know on Instagram, I think he posted something about him. Like, what do y'all think about Kevin Samuels? And it was like, I think it was like, a you know, the Instagram question thing. And a lot of people were just giving heat. Like, oh, he's mm-hmm. this he's they're trying to call him like a homosexual now like they're trying to like do him dirty but that's a tactic as well attacking black masculinity right um we like to protect you know that lgbtq community especially uh the black part of it um but then we use them as an insult and calling uh black men uh gay when sometimes their views don't align so this is another uh, plot twist in the story on how brainwashed we can be sometimes. But finish what you were saying, Kenyatta. Yeah, so so I asked him, I'm like, yo, so who's this Kevin Samuels dude that they talking about? It was talking crazy about him. And uh, he told me to watch the Joe Budden podcast, which I subscribed to his channel first, and then I watched the Joe Budden podcast. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people, like he said, that's a good introduction to him. And once in a while, I'll be watching his, um, his shows, right? And kind of like Jamil said, like, he's very... Um, very like stern or critical, but in like a good way, because he's an image consultant, right? You know, the sisters mm-hmm. will go up there and they'll be like, you know, I want a man that makes this. Some of them will be like, I want a man that makes 200,000. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They want all that. And it's like, okay, you want a man that's that. What do you got? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, um, and may- maybe she don't got that, you know, maybe she's doing a little something, but it's not like, like the man she wants. You know what I'm saying? So then he'll ask, well, what makes you think you deserve this man? And then he'll ask them like, you know, what do you rate yourself and stuff like that? And that's, that's where, they like um things get real defensive and they'll also attack him and call him names but it's like if you get an attack i mean you might you might say something back <laughs> you know what i'm saying and then the clips a lot of people see like if you've seen just short clips of him and haven't seen the full thing you'll see the clips of maybe you feel like wow like yeah this this brother really attacked this sister but really it's like what led up to it right maybe they attacked him first and that's kind of what goes on thanks um, and folks i seen yeah. folks speak out against him i know dj envy uh, spoke out against them um, uh, and Charlemagne, or I don't know if it was both of them. Um, and then also uh, recognize what the Breakfast Club is doing to a lot of our black men as well, um, uh, because they're doing this. They're doing the same thing and tearing us down. But um, 
and also uh who else was uh talking about him uh dr umar was also uh speaking oh, yeah. on uh <laughs> was also speaking on kevin samuels uh at one point i think they got a little a little subliminal back and forth they got going on um but i believe you know with some of the harshness and like you said like uh, uh we said that he's an image consultant first i believe um so a lot of these women are getting on him sh- on his show voluntarily um yeah. kind of asking not asking for it but essentially they're getting on his show and you know he says it if you come on my show uh, you'll be on YouTube essentially, and you know it, it's free game there. Um, and I think one point out of that, um, you know, black women, a lot of black women don't appreciate it, but then some black women do appreciate it. And when we start getting into the name calling and, and what someone is, you know, tearing down an image, I don't think a lot of people realize how many people he could be speaking for. Um, I think he's at like almost a million followers. Um, and that was over the past month. I don't, the Joe Budden podcast, the, that episode came out like a few weeks ago. So not even a month ago. And he's almost at a million followers. And I know he already was building up a little before that, but he's almost at a million followers. Um, and like Kenyatta said, it's crucial, not crucial, but, um, I think it adds a little bit to our community. It causes a lot of mess and a lot of distraction as well kind of what he's doing. But then too, I believe that's the opposite side to um, some of the movements that we see. And I don't want to uh, attack movements because I know how it can get, but some movements feed on tearing down men, but black men, especially um, uh, that, that we see out here. So having that opposite side to kind of balance um, there's always going to be balance in the world, and we see it with Kevin Samuels. N- not not a lot of people like him, but he's there because of almost a one sided one sided fight, essentially within our community. Um, that came. So. You add one one thing to that. Mm-hmm. He definitely considers himself to be kind of well, other people as well, other content creators. Like you got MTR, you got a bunch of other people. And they consider him to be like kind of like a voice for men because that's something that we haven't had like on the social media space in terms of like the YouTube or like Instagram speaking at that critical of a level because there's some pandering to a degree with other influences, but yeah, he's just being straight like that. No, no, this is this is the reality, and we often get so distracted in our fantasies mm-hmm. that we we get lost and forget about reality, what it is, and then we get frustrated when our fantasies aren't aligning with it. And we, we, we're like, what's going on? I've been doing everything I'm supposed to. But in reality, we're not doing what we're supposed to. We're not coming and, and showing up Thanks. in the way to receive whatever we're trying to receive. And, and I got a question for both of y'all. This is a question I just, just thought of. Um, when y'all, I know uh, we consume this content um, or we have consumed this content. Um, do you guys feel like it's, helping you guys improve and look in areas where you guys may, you know, think you guys are falling short. I know for me, when he's going in on people, I'm thinking the same thing, like, okay, well, what, you know, what am I doing now? Um, Especially when in that Joe Budden podcast, when he was talking about a high value man and all that stuff, I'm thinking like, okay, um, that stuff sound good, but you know, everybody going to have their shortcomings and then it goes back on that self-improvement thing. So does that kind of kick some kickstart something in you guys' mind? Um, or anything I just had to ask that yeah I I feel like it does like when he was talking about it I mean it's kind of the stuff like 
even before I was kind of introduced to him, that's kind of like the things I was like striving for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Just definitely. studying, you know, the teacher of the envoy, Elijah Muhammad, right? You know, watching the minister. Those are always things I'm like, you know, watching the fruit of Islam and say, okay, like I need to hold myself to a high standard too. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got to be a man. <laughs> you feel me? And then I like how he explains it too, because he gets into other things like income, um, like working and, and definitely because when he be going at like, like not like going at like a negative way, but like, you know, he'd be talking to the sisters about them and it's like, okay, so like, he's also holding them accountable. So like, I need to hold myself accountable too. Cause mm-hmm. there's also expectations I got to meet as a man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's kind of, it definitely has me reflect. I think definitely on the point, what I like to think about when it comes to being a man and figuring out what that means for us, it's good to take bits and pieces from different people. Mm-hmm. So my father, I'm fortunate enough to have him in my life. Um, and he, he didn't have, his father was not that active, but he still figured out how to be a man. Mm-hmm. And one of the strong influences was growing up, um, registering in the nation of Islam and learning for himself. You know, it's, you take the nation's teachings and then you figure out what, what it is for yourself. How you gonna run your household? How you gonna raise your children? daughters and sons you know mm-hmm. those are things you got to figure out and how to be you know fair in those spaces so there are certain aspects that i would take from his content in terms of being real and being critical and being real like when i'm reflecting being critical with myself like is this my reality and i can say yeah that is my reality yeah. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. but at the same time um there are points, I would agree. There are points where I'm thinking like, man, is that, is that, am I getting too ahead of myself? Like, is my life lining up to this? Um, and I could say yes or no to those things. But I think before I came across this content, like um, just in general, I think men are attracted to red pill content because it is like, you know, it's, it's kind of like a support for men. But I think I got a, I got a good group of, of brothers. My, my older brother, my dad, um, kind of you know leading the way in that in that in that fashion facts that's good that's good though that you know you had those examples um and and that you got the opportunity um but i just wanted to ask because you know uh like you said a a lot of us men were already uh attracted to um kind of that content and and steps on how to be a man um and, and not necessarily steps on how to be a man but to imp- self-improve. I think me personally, I've always been on, on a, on a situation where I always been trying to self-improve and, and be better than my last time. You know, a lot of my jobs that I held, you know, one of my biggest things is um, being a little uh, too self-critical of myself. I'm a little too harsh when it comes to certain things, especially if I'm doing a good job, you know, um, or, or just in life. I, I try to try to go to the next level on what I can. And, you know, I believe, you know, a lot of things shape us to think that way. Football helped me. Um, that was a big part of my life, which helped me kind of shape the way and how I kind of thought and um, my coaches and also my uncles helped me out a lot with that too. So, um, but I just had to ask that and kind of get you guys' answer um, to kind of see why people consume this content. So, um, of course, we see through all the extra stuff that he does with, you know, the women. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, uh, kind of brought on to themselves. But then, you know, sometimes it's just jokes and he's being outlandish and it's nothing to joke about, essentially. But um, <laughs> but we kind of see through that 
um, to kind of get to the to the meat and potatoes to where you see us, how we still self-reflect. So it's not just ha-ha, he's making fun of um, black women or ha-ha, he told her or ha-ha, you know, he's, he's letting them know he got, he know all the statistics. It's also an opportunity for us to make sure that we on our P's and Q's too. Um, if we hold another person accountable, we should be holding ourselves accountable. And that kind of goes back to the earlier part of the podcast when I'm talking about it's the, you know, tit for tat, you know, one, for, one finger pointed at somebody, but four is pointing back at you that holding yourself accountable and also self-improvement. Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys that to kind of get a different perspective, because I think sometimes people think people only consume his content um, in order to make fun of other people or to act like they're better than other people or act like one gender is better than the other gender or black men are better than black women. Um, and also, you know, he says a lot that he's done it in the past. I never watched his past videos, but th people have said that he talks on men as well um, on self-improvement. So uh, I think it, it's another aspect into our community, which is um, kind of you take it like um, Jamil said, you know, you take out bits and pieces um, and you kind of continue with your day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cause he definitely does speak on men. Like a lot of people, like if you were to see like the snippets or something, which I mean, we all grown, we should know by now. If you see like a two minute video of somebody that might not reflect everything that person is saying, mm -hmm. or that might be used against that person. <laughs> you feel me? But he definitely gets on men and he'll, he'll be critical on men too. Like he'd be like, yo, like, like, like one time, I think this was on Joe Budden podcast. It was kind of like a funny analogy he made. He was like, yo, like these men out here, be acting like some grass fed lions. Like, think about that. Mm. A lion that just, just eat grass. And you're supposed to be a lion. You know, you're supposed to be a man and you acting like this is how I see it. You feel me? So he definitely is real critical on men, you know? Yeah. He's fair. That's facts. Yeah. Hey, before we close this out too, right? I got a couple uh couple books that speak on this, right? If y'all ever want to get it. And Kevin Samuels also shouts this sister out, right? Sarazad Ali. This is the black man's guide to understand the black woman. And there's also the black woman's guide to understand the black man. So yeah. that, that's somebody that he, I guess, was probably inspired by, right? He talks mm -hmm. about her a lot. Um, we got this one right here by Wesley Muhammad, right? This is a nice one. It was just understanding the uh, assault on black man, black manhood, and black masculinity. So, yeah, tap into that. Pretty thick book, but. Yeah, tap into that, man. They've been they've been attacking our image from the beginning since we got here. So tap into those ways and do your research on how calculated these people are when they take the black man's image and put it against the black woman's image and also the black woman's image and they put it against the black man and create that conflict that seems hard to come to a, a, a conclusion to. Cause I seen it in people, people talking about, hey, can we get a fresh start with each other? And people in the comments saying it's too late. No, we just never had a start with each other. Uh, you know, we had, you know, you know, the, it started coming more about when we were segregated, a lot of segregation and stuff like that. When we were forced, free and free of thinking, not that much media was out and the black family was together at one point, but we never really had a true start with each other here. That's how I feel, at least um, coming off them ships and what they were doing to us. We never really had a, a true start with each other. And it, it's kind of gotten to this little merry-go-round until where people can kind of make fun from the outside um, looking in. And, you know, this this wasn't us trying to boost up nobody or, or their platform or say that person is right because nobody's always right or always knowing. Um, but this is one thing that we want to, uh, or at least I want to express is, you know, Black women, we, we love y'all. 
we we want a conversation now and how we can make stuff better you know we can't just randomly point out random things we need a, a, a actual plan we and we need an actual plan to come together and start doing stuff um i feel like that's the only way we could we need to just start doing instead of just pointing out random things and saying hey uh black men or black women work on this in this in this area and hey black man black woman work on this in that area let's actually sit down and come up with ways that we can actually do that um, and have more conversations to where we can all feel safe in an area talking about uh you know the worst part of ourselves or the worst part of our community um because no matter we're all one chain you know we black men black women we are we're all one you know and if we got weak weak links you know it's gonna be a, a weak chain and it seems like we got a couple weak links within the chain, uh, but we still here. And, and so I invite if anybody wants to come on and talk on our podcast or Jamil's podcast, then we can. We talk about it. Uh, I would appreciate it. We had Ashley on. We treated her with the utmost respect. Um, yeah, sure. wish, wish we had a longer conversation. That was a, a two episode. I think that was like almost two hours. We, we, right. we were able to talk to the sister and build with flowing. Yeah, to build with Soul Town. So, um, so. That's one thing that I did want to say, uh, Black women, we do love you, even though certain things in media portray us not to love you. And sometimes them statistics and numbers make it seem that like we don't love you. But, you know, some of us out here, a lot of us out here still do and still prefer y'all over everybody else um, and, and still say, hey, Black women need to come first to reunite the Black family, Black men, we need to come together, make sure that we putting the Black family back together. Um, and wherever that starts and wherever we're at, whatever faults we have, we start working towards a, a, a better, a better day and a better outcome. So people not looking at us crazy and we not looking at each other crazy. Like we not on the same team. 100. Anything want to add that, Jamal? I, de I second that motion, man. Um, we definitely, even when it comes to the critical piece, when it comes to the challenge, what we want is to come together and, you know, strengthen our community. And one of the ways we can have that is a conversation. But if we keep ex excluding one person out the, the conversation, then we can't have that building going on. So we can't have a conversation. We can't have an understanding. And actually going back and have something to reflect on at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not even, because that's we, when you mentioned earlier, the, the tip for tat piece, like that's not designed for people to make people reflect. That's just Thanks. to kind of offend people. Like that's not really what it's about. At least the people that are productive, real men, they, they, they want results. You know, Facts. they don't want to just attack people. You recognize what he just said sure. right there. Real men want results. That's that's literally the one of them one of them traits again out there. That's real men. We want results. We want, you know, find a solution to this. And so that that's why we're here. But y'all that we want to get into the next topics we can. We know we got yeah. a couple a couple extra of them topics for y'all today. Yeah, you know, we got a couple other topics, right? And um, this one, I'm sure also y'all have heard about. Um, I know when Biden, right, when he became president and all that, he was talking about, you know, canceling student loan debt, I believe $10,000 or something like that. But now we, we hearing some other news, you know what I'm saying? We hearing that he's not doing it. But what, 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 what do y'all think about that? You want to go first? <laughs> you know, I want to chime in a little bit. I think, um, one, it's his responsibility to uphold or to, to keep his promise. So that was mm -hmm. one of his, his promises. I made a couple statuses on Facebook tagging him like, yo, what's up with the student loans? Like, <laughs> as soon as he got inaugurated, I'm just like, look, man, what's up, what's up with the student loans? Um, right. But if 
what the media is portraying is true, it's his responsibility to clear that up if that's not in line with his plan. But um, I think that's that's a big slap in the face. And I think a lot of people are going to learn from um, politicians in general. Like, you mm-hmm. can't necessarily rely on them um, to come and save you in a way. You got to, you know, do for self. And what that means, I mean, I'm, y'all could do a better job explaining do for self, but um, that's when you create infrastructure within your community. So you are building with one another, not necessarily letting your dollars go outside of your community, You're building and building up the communities. So do for self, people that look like you, people that have the same, you know, like minds. So when it comes to these politicians, I don't really expect much. So when, when we do get something, I just like, okay, that's nice. But I'm not really relying on them. You got to just, you know, figure out how to make it, make it work for yourself. That's facts. Y'all know what you got on it. Yeah, for sure, right? You know, that do for self piece, right? You know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, do for self and suffer the consequences. You know what I'm saying? So that's just, that's just a blueprint he laid out, and that's really what we got to do. You know, we can't really rely on these politicians. Like, I, I feel like it's kind of um, it's kind of insane after all these years to really think that a politician is going to save black folk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After all we've been through, after all the government's done to us, you, you think that, that that a black president or you think that 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 somebody in office gonna save you? Like, you know, like we might get a couple policies here and there, like Jamil said, like they do do a couple good things, right? That's cool. Like, okay, like I'm I'm surprised, but it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, I might help us out a little bit. But at the end of the day, like black folks, we, we got each other like like nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Like we really <laughs> we really gonna have to do it ourselves, you know. Right. We're, we're beings with force and powers, right? We gods, beings with force and power, right? We have the force and power to change our reality and make things work. Mm-hmm. We work one with the universe, but um, how I feel about it, of course, uh, stu- I'm a student, well, a recent graduate, you know, got some loans on my, on my back. Uh, <laughs> it's got, got me through that higher education, um, but I'm not, I'm not really shocked. Uh, I think a lot of people seem president uh, biden as a, a savior to, to some extent because you know we had dr evil in the office right before him on that i ain't even, you know i ain't you know i ain't even gonna give him that title because then he's gonna fail to accomplish and get a little full of himself but that chief right. of in office whatnot um so i feel like a lot of people seeing him as a savior and you know student loans was a big part of it and we know how many people owe student loans or are in student debt uh you know in debt because of their student loans so uh, I remember them talking about taking everybody's away or 50,000 uh, per person away or something crazy like that. Then it got dro- dropped down to 10,000. And then um, now it's zero. Um, and people are kind of feeling that. But I believe our community, you know, feels it a little bit more, especially when it comes to the promises and protecting the community. Um, not saying student loans is, you know, the protection that we needed, but, you know, as a society, that's something that everybody was wishing for. But I did want to throw in too, it's kind of like another blow um, because of the bills that we've seen passed, the Stop Asian Hate Bill or the Asian Hate Crime Bill. Um, I don't I don't remember the, the name of it, um, but that was passed in a, you know, fairly quickly with Biden. And, you know, we still don't have a bill to protect, you know, Black people or our communities. And like Jamila and Kenyatta said, you know, that, that do for your, do for self comes in and kicks in where we start needing to think about looking at our people first. And this is going to be a reoccurring topic because this keeps coming up. We 11 episodes in and each episode is about an hour. 
and we keep mentioning doing for self and, and looking at your people first. Um, we know in Georgia, they're starting a community and I believe in um, uh, Pine Bluff, uh, Arkansas. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. yeah, they have a community that's, you know, starting up as well. So, you know, and, and people trying to start up Black Wall Street and uh, things of that nature again. And these are the times that we need to start looking at that, you know, and when we see these politicians fails us, our community has not been saved by a politician yet. And what are we 46 of them guys in? <laughs> so what are we going to keep looking at them to save us when it comes to financial reasons, the 40 anchors and a mule, uh, reparations, not saying, you know, I don't care about that, but that's just been the topic as well. Reparations, uh, protecting the even bare minimum as protecting us. Um, we can't get. So I think, you know, the Biden administration is kind of messing up, uh, essentially, uh, both sides, Republicans and, and Democrats. And we don't, I don't like to get into all the politics stuff um, because they haven't looked out for me. My community has been the same over the past, how many presidents we've had, presidents who've had slaves. So my community has been in damn near the same situation, but that's that on that. That's, that's all I got on it. 100 yeah and with the student loans too like it's real important because i mean we've talked about this before right you know black wealth is projected to be uh zero by 2053 and a lot of us do have like problems like because we go to school and i mean i say school is a good option like if you don't own a business or something you know a lot i mean my family didn't own no businesses or nothing i could just not go to school so going to school is the best option for me. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are doing the right thing, you know, investing in education, hopefully to make more money. And then they're in student loan debt. And it's just hard to build wealth that way. You know what I'm saying? Nice. So it's definitely real, uh, real important. Everybody with student loans, but you know, especially the black community. Yeah. And let me, let me add to that. Um, as far as wealth, you know, owning homes and owning land goes into that and to own a home or to own, you know, yeah, your own actual property the banks are going off of, you know, debt to ratio income and they factor in student loans into that. So that oftentimes stops people from owning their own homes or owning, owning land. So that's why that was kind of important in some ways that can get taken away, even though we're going into school more, school more, um, and shout out to black women as well, because they've been highly efficient within higher education. But also, you know, those loans come about too. So even though that we're increasing our education and being able to obtain these spots, we're still another thing added on to kind of keep us out of that that wealth and, and still creating that gap um, that's going to be created. 2053, you said zero, Kenyatta? Like yes, yeah, zero. This is projected, yeah. Yeah, so uh, just, think about, just think about that too as well. Trade school and, and two-year schools is also good options. I don't want to exclude those. If I could do it all over again, I would... Hey, I'll probably go, probably go that route. Um, but those are good options as well. If you don't want to go to a four year and drop all that money. That's one thing I wanted to contribute to. Um, mm -hmm. We think about school, college or higher education in general. One thing I teach my students, cause I, I teach as well. Um, I know I didn't mention it earlier, but the one thing I teach my students is trade school is definitely an option. You can make yes. a lot of money. You can make a six figure salary. Um, Right honest living yeah and honest living like it's, it's really learning a skill making good money off of it and you don't necessarily have to have the traditional four-year experience or you could do certification programs like i think a lot of our people are misinformed like they don't know what the options are like yep we, we might even go through college but we don't necessarily know what to do or how to leverage the degree that we have 
and that's what it has to go into your planning. So like once you figure out, all right, I got this, 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 this certificate, what can I do with it? Once you figure out how to, you know, work with it, like how could you leverage that? I know um, Robert Kiyosaki um, from Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about leveraging debt. That's yep. how you do as well. Um, but that's a skill. Being able to leverage debt is a skill. Being in the stock market is a skill. Trading options is a skill. But if you didn't know options was an option, then how are you gonna make money with it, right? <laughs> Thank right. you. That that's that's a that's a great example. That's facts. If you didn't know options was an option, how you gonna do that? Because when I was coming out of high school, I thought it was college. The only way I was going to get to college is play ball. I had an opportunity, and then if I didn't go that route, I was joining the, the military. That's the <laughs> that's the only two options I could think of, and the only reason why I knew about community college and JUCOs is because of sports. And I didn't think like that was an option where I could go or trade school I could go. I was thinking out of the way, out of the distance. But like you said, if you don't know options is an option, what's going to happen? So I like that you added that. I appreciate you adding that too. 100, man. You you, you got to coin that right there. That's going to be our snippet, by the way, too. Facts. If you ain't know <laughs> options was an option, you feel me? <laughs> Facts. If you ain't know options was an option, then what? Right. But, Speaking of, look, speaking of options, you want to talk about the finances, <laughs> what we got going on in, in, in the market and yeah. cryptocurrency and all that? Yeah, I know, man, if, if y'all got crypto, it's, it's been a roller coaster ride. You feel me? Like, I, you know, you know, it went down, you know what I'm saying? Went back up a little bit. And um, now they're saying, right, a lot of investors are worried about uh, the, the the Memorial Day weekend, right? You know, said it might be a, a bloody crypto weekend, they saying, <laughs> you know, and some Bitcoin bulls are dreading the long u.s holiday break so i mean we'll we'll see what it does i mean hopefully it'll go back up and um we talked about this like like last episode or two episodes ago yeah. but i know like china um banned like a lot of their banks and like financial institutions from like using um uh, cryptocurrency and stuff like that and that's something that like kind of contributed to bitcoin and all the crypto phone in the first place so I mean, we'll just have to really watch the news, see what's going on in China and other countries. But I, I want to say it's going to come back up, but it's it's really hard to predict the market. <laughs> you feel me? It's, this is all new to us. So, facts. What we see, we see Bitcoin had dropped down to thirty last when we did our pot, last week's podcast. Yeah, it down to thirty, down. went up to forty-one, and now it's at around thirty-five currently. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's. It's up and down all over the place, but see a lot of people predicting that after this, you know, little little drop, it's gonna go skyrocket. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing everybody talking about when when it comes to crypto. Is everything's gonna skyrocket after this little dip? And I hope so. What, what you think, Jamil? I think it, it's inevitable that we already know. Like even when it comes to stocks, things go down, but mm -hmm. they they usually come back up. Like. <laughs> you know, you you don't have too many cryptos, popular cryptos that's gonna get you know lose so much value that they delisted. Well, however that works with the crypto market, but I mean these things. The way I see it, it's buying opportunity. They it went on sale, so a lot of these cryptos are up, and it's gonna happen over and over. So the same way you the same kind of grit you have dealing with stocks or any other uh, public securities or anything like that. You just got to have the, the, the grit to weather the storm. But I think they're coming back up anyway. I think it's just allowing opportunity for more people to get in. And when mm -hmm. it comes back, it's going to do what it do. For sure, right? You know, that's, that's just part of being an investor, too. You know, a lot of us that have been investing kind of understand, like, like buying the dip, we like to say. You know what I'm saying? There's 
I mean, there's some things that maybe the company's going through something horrible and they might never come back. But if it's a company that's, you know, they're, they're good, right. They're a good company or, you know, this, this Bitcoin, for example, right. They've had a long history of being, you know, good at what they've, um, what they've been doing. So it should come back up. Right. You know, like, like we look at this as an opportunity to buy. A lot of people might look at this as a time to panic. So, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel me? But that's just being an investor, right. You got to understand like, um, it's a it's a good time to just buy the dip, right? You know, it's we're in it for the long term. At the end of the day, see, yeah. some of us are. Some of us think it's a casino. But. Yeah, so facts. Get in where you fit in. Get in where you fit in. And I'm I'm gonna switch it up to our uh, last topic. Essentially, um, I want to start off with saying R.I.P. Manuel Ellis. Um, I believe he was 33 year 33 years old, black man in Seattle. Um, was murdered by uh, three officers. Um, I believe at 11 o'clock p.m. Um, on a Seattle night, he was walking to the store um, and he died while being uh, restrained. Uh, mind you, this man was hogtied, uh, so his feet were tied and his, and, and his hands was tied and he still died um, in police custody. So I did want to say RIP, um, Manuel Ellis. Um, and he, he said he couldn't breathe, a, a statement that we, we heard before. Um, I, I believe this is like our second or third time having to say RIP to someone since our podcast started yeah. and we're only about 11 weeks old. So um, another, uh, you know, another one of us, uh, us lost and this is not to bring anybody down, but I did at least want to acknowledge him and uh, let everybody know that the three officers were charged. Um, I believe with second degree uh, murder. And then one of them was charged with first degree manslaughter. Um, I believe those were the charges. Um, still do your re- own research and still read up on this story because I'm definitely forgetting a lot of details. I just, just want to mention it um, so that his name can be said and you know more uh, media and more people can talk about it. Um, Some sad and unfortunately those people murdered him. Um, those punks, um, those evil devils, like worst scum scum of the earth. Uh, essentially, they 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 target a black male who was, you know, just out for a night walk to get something to eat from the store. Um, so, you know, cops lying, cops trying to hide it. Uh, essentially, it still came out. So um, I'm happy that happened. And his, his parents can kind of get some closure and, and to these officers kind of fabricating the story and making it up. So R.P. Manuel Ellis. On the mail, lobby, please. And I have like, you know, the article right here and it even says, um, um, the officers are trying to say like he struck their vehicle or struck the officers, but the eyewitnesses says they didn't see none of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this is like a whole another thing where it's kind of like their word against whoever's right. And I'm I'm glad that like they're getting charged, but you know, it just, it just happens too much. Like how many of them are getting charged? You know, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It just, it just keep it's, it's creating vicious cycle and, and look do for self. That that's another reoccurring theme, man. That, had to start doing for self, our, our own communities, building some type of task force, at least to hold these people accountable if we can't create our own. Uh, the, the minister called for 10,000 fearless. Mm. Remember that. Thanks. Yeah. Jamil, you got anything to add, anything to say? Absolutely. So my, my question, we, we hear these, these similar stories Very. over and over Very. and over. And what's messed up is I think a lot of people are becoming numb to Super. Oh, another, another black man killed unjustly, and we know that it's unjust. But 
you still have, of course, those people that are refusing to understand that it is an injustice present. So what do you all think it's going to take for other um, people that are not black? And you do have group. I think it's important to acknowledge um, there are some white people. There are some other people that are not necessarily black that acknowledge injustice. But in terms of getting some change and some action, because you mentioned before, we still haven't gotten bills passed to protect us. Facts. What do you think it would take to actually get some real change in the society? Man, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for us to really get some change in this society, because I feel like we don't show this country everything, right? We don't march. We don't do what they said to do. We don't protest. You know, we don't we don't show them all kinds of black excellence, had a black president, whatever. We're still not getting things done. So, I mean, at this point, I believe, I guess, like what you said, doing for self. But uh, the honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us that separation is the only solution. We need to start having things of our own. You know what I'm saying? If we so can't down. get a, yeah, so old time. Shout out to Ashley. <laughs> yes. But yeah, if we if we can't um yeah, I mean if if we can't cooperate with these people and it's it's been like this for a long time, right? This ain't just like now, nah, it's been four hundred years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if if it's like that, I think we just need to have some of our own. And when I say separation too, because a lot of people hear that and they might think of just separatism, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like we see separation all the time, right? You know, Chinatown, Koreatown. Little Tokyo, right? Uh, the Jews have their communities, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Latinx community. They have their own things. That's separation right there, you know? But when black people try to do it, it's a problem, but that's their form of separation, right? You know, they have um, a lot of security guards and stuff. They're policing their communities, right? They have their own stores. They have their own, you feel me? Like they got mm-hmm. their stuff on lock. So that's something that we need to do. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of break it down to three things that, you know, I've been able to reflect on, especially doing these podcasts, which have helped and also my own research, but um, separation, uh, a code, a black code, and then the black family. I, be- I believe those three things are the first things that can truly help us um, as far as separation is getting away. Because like I said in the past episode, can't heal with the attacker or the abuser still right next door to you or still controlling you, still over you. Um, and then a code which we live by where we do not let people outside of our community do certain things to us as far as mistreat us, um, mistreat our black women, our black kids, which they they start early on us. Um, it's preschool, elementary, where they start the, the hospital when our black babies are first born and our black women are most in their most vulnerable state. Um, having that code right there to where nobody can beat up on us. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes we're inviting and we got people who are you know people who take away from our movement and take away from the code but code um that's one of them and then the black family um just being a family in general it takes a lot to have a village it's you know we hear the saying it takes a village to raise a child but it also takes a village to protect the village um so that's also why i say you know the black family as well so those three things not saying that's gonna stop but that's a way that you know we can start walking towards that um kind of where it doesn't happen. And then also, you know, holding ourselves through, you know, firearms, the ways that we need to protect ourselves, the ways that we need to, regardless of somebody's badge or somebody's uniform. 100. Thanks. Is that all y'all got? So I can go ahead and close it out. Yeah. Is there anything you want to touch on, Jamil? Yeah, shout out your podcast and everything that you got going on, where they can follow you, where they can find you. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Most definitely, man. I appreciate you all having me tonight uh, to share this word and everything. Definitely make sure you follow and check out the Krishna Fist podcast. Um, these brothers, they're doing some really good work, having good conversations. So um, I invite my followers to tap in with them as well and give their YouTube, Instagram, everything a follow. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Krishna Fist. I have a podcast and I cover um, physical fitness as well. Nice. And we'll we'll put those ads too. When we post it, we'll put his ad on the YouTube and the Instagram snippets, you know, so y'all be able to click on that. But yeah, definitely tap in in this brother's podcast, you know. We appreciate you coming on. Appreciate what you're doing on your podcast and getting people right mentally and physically. Um, but this has been a po- uh, envelope pushers with Sam and Yada. Peace. Mm-hmm.